Hello, friends. Welcome once again to the Perfect Bound Podcast. This is a podcast all about anything and everything comic books and comics related. Brought to you by the Panel Jumper and Comics Dungeon. My name is Ben. With me, as always, is Chris Cusseau. Hello. Nicole Lamb. Hello. And Cole Hornaday. This is your moment, Ben. And it's gone. Oh, well, I didn't call you Nicole today. No, you didn't. And but, there's you know, still time. We, it's, it's, there is. <laughs> but, you know, also, we also established that you know, of all the things to call me, what lovelier mistake could you make? <laughs> you know, because we and, and as as she's pointed out in the past, she who shall not be spoken within this moment. You know, we are the Coles, and that's just a universal constant. I am a beautiful metal flower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. It's special. Yeah, you sure are. Unique. Shall we? Let's. We shall. How is it? Oh, I, was, I normally ask how everybody is, but I think we've gone past. We're that third point. episode time now. Yeah, we're third. weird episode yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, All right. So let's. It's just, a thing. Hashtag let's just third. Jump right <laughs> into <laughs> it. Uh, one of our favorite titles here at Perfect Bound HQ is Hellboy, and a new uh, trailer has been released for the reboot, starring uh, the uh, um, Hopper from Stranger Things, David <laughs> K. Harbor. Sheriff. Took me. All. It took me a while to remember his real name as the titular character, and mm. I gotta say, he looks really good. Yeah. What do y'all think? Regardless mm. of like the tone of the movie or storyline or whatever, what do you think is just the character design? Mm. No, he kind of looks like cosplay to me. Yeah, he's the best you probably could have gotten. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough to pass up Ron Perlman because, frankly, um, Ron Ron Perlman's physique in both the movies is is uh, uh, artificial, uh, but his face has always been Hellboy. And I have that T-shirt that I love, which is Mike Mignola uh, drawing of Ron Perlman as Hellboy. So it's like you know there couldn't have been better casting. So it's going to be tough to adapt my particular uh, psyche to seeing that new face. Um, The tone of the, the tone of the, the trailer itself seemed a little bit too campy to me. It's way off, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, the tone was, a little bit, was way off. It was it jarring. Del Toro, has, Del Toro takes his horror very seriously, but he knows when to insert humor mm. in order to enhance those characters. And I didn't got, get that from the trailer, but it is just a trailer. This seemed like, oh, Shazam was a really good trailer. We should do that for Hellboy uh-huh. or something. And it was like, what? Mm-hmm. Who's, hmm. who's the director on this one? That's a good question, and I will tell yeah. you in a okay, moment. The internet would fill space. Fill space. Um, yeah. The voice was off for me. Yeah. Like there's the whole part where like somebody shoots at him. He's like, "I'm on your side." Yeah. And I was just like, "That didn't fit. That wasn't either delivered right or just the sound editing wasn't good." Right. I don't know. Neil it, Marshall is the director, and he did. And he's done what? Yeah. Fill space. I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> IMDb. IMDb. Quick. So. My mentality, and this is how it works with comics, because um, I compartmentalize a lot. So, for example, I loved Garth Ennis' run of The Punisher. It's the best interpretation of The Punisher to me. And there have been many runs after that. And people have been like, oh, the Jason Aaron. And have you read that? I'm like, no, not really. And have you read this? Have you read that? You know, Greg Ruggett. And I'm like, yeah, I don't doubt that they're not, that they're, they're good. I just don't care because the ultimate version the best realization happened and i'm done Mm. (laughs) i pack it up i go i'm good i got it so that's the same way i feel about the like ron perlman was just like you did it you achieved the greatest you that you can you Mm -hmm. and then that's it we're done well and there's there's a tone for me right now my concern is tone because what i love about the mignola comic books is that they are uh chiscaro 
illustrations and there's a there's a tremendous amount of stoicism and Mignola himself is not a humorous guy and when the humor pops up in little one word comments and stuff it's really striking and it's there for mm -hmm. a purpose and um Del Toro brought his own um his own style of, of cinematic storytelling to uh, uh, his Hellboy movies, mm -hmm. and it still had a bit of that stoicism, and actually made fun of it at times. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, and I and that I still love and the relationship between like you know uh, Brunholm, uh, Doctor Brunholm, and and Hellboy, and and how they characterize him as being you know he may be uh, you know uh, sixty years old, but he's still just a kid, mm -hmm. and that looked like what they were going for with the new version. It's like we're gonna no, he's a kid, mm -hmm. he's he's a boy. <laughs> yeah. So Neil Marshall has directed a uh, a lot of movies, but he also I don't know why I didn't know this. I will see Hellboy because Neil Marshall directed Dog Soldier. I was gonna say, ah! why do I know that guy's name? Which is one of my favorite <laughs> oh. movies. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he's done a lot of. He's also done The Descent, which is a really creepy movie. If you haven't seen, I it's think about, The Descent is a well done. Film. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a horror yeah. movie about. Uh, it's a monster uh, movie. Uh, hmm. in, so maybe this is in the edit of the trailer. My hope is that <laughs> it's one of those weird editing places that does, sure. you know, did like, you know, Suicide Squad, we're funny, we're cute, you know, right. and, the, and it's just a bad trailer. On the plus side, they did include that character from BPRD who is the soldier who got mauled. Right. Um, um, the um, scar, he's got like this terrible yep. scar on his face. Yep. Um, and he was a really interesting character in BPRD. So it's like, he's there. There's also like some yeah. other newer people and mm -hmm. I'm just like, okay, we're going to forget you real quick. Because yeah. there was a token white man in the first movie that was supposed to be the everyday man point the, of view. You're the rookie. The rookie. Yeah, and it's just rookie. like, oh. who who are you? Why? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Second movie got it right by just annihilating him and replacing him with a giant uh, guy in a uh, suit of the mist Oh uh, yeah, uh, spectral uh, dude. Dr. Krauss. Yeah. Is it Krauss? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, he was from the comics, and, yeah. and I I liked his character a lot. That was the Seth MacFarlane did the yeah. voice for that character, and I kind of thought that was fun. But the second Hellboy movie did lean a little bit too much into the silly. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the Goblin Market, which it is pretty nice, great, that was really really cool. Yeah. You know. It also stars Ian McShane yes. as Trevor Bruttonholm, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. Hellboy's. Uh, still living father, right? And who, Ian McShane's another favorite actor. Yeah, of mine, well, he's so. in uh, he's in uh, American Gods. Yeah, he's a uh, Odin. He's Odin. Okay, spoilers. <laughs> and uh, of course, uh, we all know him from Deadwood, which uh, Neil Marshall has. Uh, no, he he uh, Neil Marshall has also directed a couple episodes of Westworld. Mm. So, which is not Deadwood, but they shared sets. Same anyway, difference. yeah, same difference. <laughs> anyway, Hellboy uh, coming out. When is it coming out? Sometime this year, 2019. Oh, April 12th, 2019. So it's coming up. Yeah, it is coming out. Yeah. It made me just want to force my husband to watch the Gilmore de Toro once instead of planning to see this new one. Right. So. I need to, it's been a while since I've revisited those movies. I saw the first one like within the last couple of years, but I should just sit down and have a double feature. And I think what they're doing now, like if you look at it side by side, Ron Perlman has just got red grease paint on his face, you yeah. know, like that's the makeup. And then if you look at this new one, it looks like, you know, like, look, we've, you know, we've arrived at better special effects yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. But I almost feel like a less is more scenario, especially with you know, the, the artwork in Hellboy where it's just kind of tonal, you know, mm -hmm. and it's got hard, harsh contrast and stuff. You don't need to be flashy. It's like when they made the tick and they put like all this extra armor on oh, him yeah, or something yeah. and you're like, eh, I don't know, you could just put him in spandex still. Yeah, it's seriously. fine. I mean, he's, 2018 he's doesn't mean he <laughs> has to look like a Jim Lee design or something like that, you know? Well, the point I want to make that I, I derailed myself on was that 
I, I'm going to have trouble coping with it not being Ron Perlman because I see Ron Perlman as somebody who could play that part for most of his life. And he um, was really, really was pushing for having yes, that, third, that third movie. He was all over social media and for years. Yeah, I just watched an interview today about it, and they were all like, are people consulting you? And he's like, nobody's calling me. Are you <laughs> no. kidding me? He's like, but I really, really wanted to do three, and you know, I am disappointed that I couldn't do that. You know, They're just moving yeah. on with the title and doing whatever. So that's kind of a bummer. That we yeah. couldn't get more Perlman because yeah. the world wants that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we needs it. World we, needs we need it. We need more Perlman. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Hey, you yes. know, more Sean Connery issues. went back and played James Bond later, later, later in life. So the world is full of possibilities. <laughs> oh, never say never again. <laughs> what do you think? Boom, complete. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't give that joke the space it needed. I apologize. Let the joke breathe. There I know, we just go. let it breathe. And suffocate. I'm sorry, Nicole. Go on. <laughs> go on. Um, uh, what did you think about them just giving you like the whole enchilada with the flamey crown thing? Well, you know, I, I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. Um, because uh, sidebar, after years and years and years of searching, I finally got my hands on uh, the, the the action figure. The, oh, um, the pop um, one. Um, and on and on on Rama. The, is that is that when he's you know the the, the it's close the, enough. Yeah. Anung Ong Rama. You, you, we we go look it this up every time you say we that do. name. Yeah, but that was one of the <laughs> scarcest figures from the uh, the Mezco action figure line. Oh, Mezco. Okay. Yeah, with the cre- with the long horns and the flaming crown. Mm-hmm. It's built just so it rests on top of the horns, just perfect. Um, yeah. So yeah, I took me searching. Anyway, so what you so, think uh, about the trailer? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm curious if they're going to keep teasing us with that crown resting just right precisely on the horns. or It was resting just as a yeah, on the horns. Or because yeah. they teased us, uh-huh. and that's the sad thing about the previous films, is that, that they teased us with that, and they've teased us with it in the comics. It's like, yeah. at this point, it's like, is that an alternate reality where he destroys the world and grows out his horns and has that crown right there on the tip of his horns? Three times. Hat trick. You You're it. starting to feel the buzz now if you've been playing the drinking game. Uh, yeah. yeah. And the, the world's kind of going. <laughs> um, I don't know. If that's the climax of the movie, I will be intrigued because uh, I, I've never quite understood why we didn't commit to that and, you know, commit to the world destruction and Hellboy becoming the true um, the true yeah. evil overlord. And do you Bit think of a downer. Oh, sorry. What'd you say? Bit of a downer. Bit of a downer, <laughs> yeah. And the world's end. That's it. There's just one Hellboy movie. That's the only <laughs> thing. And do you think it was a wise choice to have something like that in a trailer? No. Okay. No. Cool. No. Great. Because we didn't We didn't commit. <laughs> we were never able. No one's ever committed to that. We've never seen that story. In fact, you know, um, I was wondering if that's how the BPRD series was going to conclude the... Um, uh, and they never did that. They just kind of wrapped up all the monster stories and moved on to something else. And then Hellboy di- actually died and went to hell and will be resurrected or is in the process of being resurrected. So maybe that's still coming. But um, Yeah, because we don't know which iteration of Hellboy coming to Earth may be the exactly. thing, if that's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So anyway, Hellboy, check out the trailer. I'll put it in the show notes. Let's move on and talk about the uh, what they call the Daredevil verse on Netflix, uh, Marvel's Netflix shows. They seem to be caught in the crossfire between Marvel and Disney's new streaming service, which is called Disney Plus. 
uh, um, uh, coming the streaming wars are. <laughs> and um, so Iron, Iron Fist was the first to go down. Luke Cage followed shortly afterwards. Um, Daredevil's been canceled after the four, uh, after the third season. Only Jessica Jones and the panel jumper. Oh come on, I've said that before. Only yeah. Jessica Jones was, and the panel but jumper remain. You never remain. did it with the Yoda voice. <laughs> Uh, sorry. So, um, so uh, uh, there are there's a season two of Punisher and a season three of Jessica Jones in the can, as they say, scheduled to be released on Netflix. And we're assuming that once that these shows are released, Netflix and Marvel are going to announce that they are canceled, and uh, all of the Marvel properties except for these are going to move over to Disney's streaming service. From what I understand, they're still going to be available to watch on Netflix. We're just not going to get any new ones mm. over on mm -hmm. Disney. But there is um, supposition, is that the right word? That some of these characters might make appearances in other properties. Mm. So does that mean that the casting would remain the same? Or do you not know? Not not sure. Who, I, would, I, I should know. hope so. Yeah, but you just, yeah, don't know. Because that's probably a separate contract. Know. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had watched something uh, earlier um, about this whole Daredevil verse thing, and supposedly um, it's going to take. There's a two-year hold, so even if Disney wants to do something, they can't necessarily do like a full like Jessica Jones show or full Daredevil yeah. show or something. And at that point, they may even just recast it completely, and you know, so who knows what but they we'll get. may even start over yeah yeah well, or just go straight into like a heroes for hire or something yeah. like we're getting that. into this weird unprecedented area where um and i'm noticing it with the 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 dccw the feature films and the streaming so like uh if you watch that really quick trailer 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 trailer, mm -hmm. trailer for mm -hmm. the new uh streaming doom patrol there's a cyborg character mm -hmm played by a different actor right. in a different suit yeah. in a different context. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the super uh, Superman has showed up in the Supergirl TV series, different actor, I think modified costume, different context. And I was like, I was, I was realizing, oh, this is really interesting because, yeah, we all know who these characters are, but the performer in the suit is not going to be transcending. Go ahead. They have a different precedent for that, though. Yeah, yeah? they do. Uh, because the Arrowverse, Flashverse stuff have established the Infinite Earths. Oh, okay. And that's how they get crossovers going. Okay. And uh, they're, they're, the next event is the Crisis of Infinite Earths because they're finishing up Elseworlds right sure. now. Sure, okay, so, but look, yeah. through, look at it through, though they are... They are dwindling. Look through it, through the layman's eyes. It's like that's just cyborg from that movie. That's just Superman. Sure. Uh, but yeah, but but there's this blending now of this stuff that we, we we nerds of the comic book worlds understand the the mixed universes and the cross the crossing contexts and stuff like that. But um, it's just really interesting. We're we'll be seeing this now more and more probably. So to answer you. Well, the Marvels always establish that it's all the same universe. Yeah. I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. went right into a lot of the mainstream cinematic stuff. And even this Netflix stuff mm -hmm. was supposed to originally count in the MCU, but it never mm -hmm. really panned out they that much. They hinted to it. Yeah, but I think the intention was supposed to be that way. It just never really showed up. So, And DC's always said it doesn't have to be the same thing. Like mm -hmm. We've even talked about it on the podcast that they're kind of doing their own thing. So it's the two different companies have made two different kind of mission statements on the whole thing. Yeah, the Russo bros even said they planned to bring in Luke Cage and the others for Infinity War. Ah, uh, 
They just they just had to they'd be like, nope, not enough room. We already have fifty characters. Yeah. You know. Did you have something else you wanted to add before everything, or no? Dur, I oh, okay. don't think so. Just checking. Yeah. Cool. There's no launch date for Disney Plus, from what I can gather. Um, so who knows when this is and when this will all. They uh, don't want the people to see the attack coming. <laughs> The coming streaming wars. It's like when a wizard is like making their spell and the storm clouds are starting to swirl and you don't know what's happening. (laughs) As the Disney Plus just swarming above our heads. It's like a scene from (laughs) the streaming wars. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, you know, I feel I feel bad for I would feel bad for like the actors in these shows, but they're Hollywood actors. They're gonna get other jobs. They're paid money. They're paid money. (laughs) But yeah, it's all the other people involved that um, you know, maybe these shows because people like these shows aside from like iron fists uh troublesome first season these shows have been really popular mm-hmm. and so it's going to be a shame when when they're no longer creating fresh episodes mm-hmm. speaking of creating fresh things marvel uh, uh, a wholly owned property let's go to from bashing disney to appreciating them so <laughs> disney just uh will finish uh acquiring all the rights in the fox studios line uh probably later this month in january and so that means that we can see all these fox uh uh the superheroes that marvel sold off to fox back into the marvel cinematic universe uh the fantastic four the x-men and uh, and so Kevin Feige from the the MCU head honcho says that they haven't started talking about it yet, but he suspects that plans will probably develop in the next six months to Which bring is very these exciting. movies. In. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exciting. We could get a really good Fantastic Four movie. Guys. I was just gonna ask if we were gonna. <laughs> You're gonna, gonna get, get Galactus. You're gonna get a Galactus miniseries. Yes. <laughs> All ah! Galactus, and it's gonna be on Disney Plus. Yes. I want my Ultimates movie, but like uh, that's a long way away. I know, <laughs> but it could happen. Sure. <laughs> no. Sure. <laughs> Keep the dream alive. So yeah. Um, I mean, this is kind of. Uh, uh, <laughs> tangential to this whole point but after avengers endgame they're gonna like reboot the avengers because like (laughs) the actors are getting old and going on to other things and so although what's his bucket captain america said something recently that like everything he said previously like this is the end for me like apparently that's like maybe not he just he just really? dropped something. Oh, I didn't see that. that. Yeah. What's his bucket would of course be Chris Evans. Yeah, that guy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, like, we're talking about you know the end of all the Netflix stuff. It's just like you know, just in time for a full Universal reboot. Yeah. Do, 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 do. We're not right. starving for <laughs> superhero content, especially Man. not with uh, pick, uh, uh, pulling the, the Fox properties um, mm-hmm. into yeah. the MCU, mm-hmm. which um, is actually really exciting to me. Um, uh, I, uh, I I I was reminded of our Fantastic Four film discussion from way back, yeah. and and because I I found myself stuck on another listicle <laughs> at work that I shouldn't be, and it was a list of uh, of films that you will never see uh, on DVD, or films that were never be re-released, or oh. films that were never released, and one of them was of course the the Roger Corman Fantastic Four film, which uh, the universal consensus of is yeah, it's bottom budget. Poorly directed, poorly produced, babidi babidi ba, but the most sincere adaptation of that of those characters of that story ever made in a sea of crappy Fantastic Four adaptations. And, and I like, think I watched it on YouTube, so yeah, maybe yeah. you don't need it. Did DVD. you ever see the documentary, <laughs> The Doomed? 
It was on Hulu for a while. Yeah, it was originally produced for Hulu. I don't think I have. Have you seen many interviews with Roger Corman? Mm. Not lately. Yeah, yeah. He just seems like a nice man. (laughs) (laughs) He just seems when he he just seems like very well spoken and very just kind of like. I like you. He's, uh, well, <laughs> you're he's a nice a, man. He's a business person. He, I read his biography years ago because I had uh, sort of these delusions about maybe being a uh, straight-to-video, low-budget film director, if not producer. And, and I read his book, and I think it's called How I Made... His biography's called something like How I Made a Million Dollars in Hollywood, How I Made a Million Movies... <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. I'm looking it up, but keep going. Yeah, it's it's like how I made a a hundred movies in Hollywood and never lost a dime. Never lost a dime is the end part of it. How I made a hundred movies in Hollywood and never lost a dime. There you go. You worked it out. Well done. Thank you, you friends. <laughs> Thank you. you know, he is. He He's very charming, effort. and you really can't get mad at him until you look at things like this. Fan- like when you watch the documentary Doomed, it's like these actors had no idea. The people working right. on this film had no idea oh, yeah. of what was going on. That was just a. It was just a way to. It was just a ploy to hold on to the rights to the and characters. The thing about the thing about that that Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie is when you're watching it, you're going, okay, yeah, this is a silly movie. And each subsequent movie makes you appreciate the previous movie that much more. Mm-hmm. Like I watched the first Fantastic Four movie with like Jessica Alba and Chris yes. Evans, surprisingly right. enough. And and I'm thinking about the first the Roger Corman movie, going, "That's a really oh, yeah. good movie." <laughs> and then you see like the next one, you're then like, you "Well, I missed oh, the first yeah, one." Yeah. No, so Rise of the Surfer Surfer is lame, but the first one is okay. And then, then you, you get the, the Fantastic Four stick. The four, and whatever. yeah, fant- yeah. <laughs> uh, fan- yeah, a four, the poster-stick. Poster-stick, yeah. Four stick. And you're like, man, that okay, maybe Jessica Alba was a good actress. Yeah, Horatio Hornblower, give me more of that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and at a time where I'm curious about whether we're going to be hitting burnout with the MCU, that was my point, is that um, yeah. is that, that will be the new blood. I'm just really curious where this is all going to end. You know, whether are people going to get burnout, um, you know, it's we've been so saturated with superhero movies, um, and the the, the whole uh, agenda for the, the 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 different waves of movies they're planning to make, and um, it ends when Mickey Mouse becomes manifest on this planet. Yes, and and, yes. and consumes our souls. All right, oh, they're gonna okay. put, they're gonna hide Mickey in the MCU movies, aren't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, it Did works I, for Kingdom Hearts. It's fine. Quick, yeah. quick mention. Uh, I, I'll have to find it again. There's a picture from an old TV's guy drawn by Wally Wood. And it's a picture. Uh, and this is done like in the early 70s or so, uh, mid 70s. And there's uh, basically it's the the Fantastic Four, uh, the Spider-Man, all the Avengers, some DC people in there. And they're kind of rushing towards uh, you, the viewer. But in front of you is all the Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters bugs bunny and they're running like scared crapless mm-hmm. and uh but the one person who's holding the line is mickey mouse <laughs> he's the one that's not running <laughs> and it's just like the gist <laughs> of the article was uh it was basically about like look at the onslaught of how popular superheroes are <laughs> you know and how they're replacing all these other things but Mickey Mouse is the one that's like, nah, he didn't move because he <laughs> plans to profit. It yes. could have been like instead of like Red Skull up on that planet, it was like Mickey Mouse as <laughs> yeah. the shadowy figure. Yes, you know? yes, yes. All right. I see you have come for the stone. What are you doing? What are you doing here? Um, so you have to make a sacrifice. <laughs> 
Daddy's getting angry. Um, to the internet, please make a YouTube video splice of that. <laughs> All right, friends, let's move on. And let's talk about tropes. And we are here in another special episode of the Stumblebound Podcast. This is where Chris and Cole and I have been sitting here. I'm on my fourth drink are because i'm really? back to the beer that i brought this a little silver flushed city. well are you, you know it's four? warm in here because i'm at four you caught up right up to me i, I must i must yeah. have I, so um, believe it or not i am only at my third okay i think i'm mm. i'm slowing down you've been oh, doing a lot of talking so i, I appreciate yeah, that. as is my want <laughs> um it's all the pizza gone when uh um, the last one, yeah, have the last when, one. When, you, when you uh produce a podcast you do not get mad at people when they talk too much because that's what you want is you want people to talk and Cole is looking at me very suspiciously, like he's skeptical of what I'm saying. Maybe My I'm just saying that so. to yeah. make him feel better. And his mouth is full of pizza. So anyway, while he is eating his pizza, um, I'm going to say that on this episode of the Stumblebound Podcast, uh, it is just the three of us. Nicole is not with us right now, but you will... You did hear her uh, in the beginning of this episode. I kind of forget what, in, in what order we're going in. But you did hear her in the beginning of this episode. And you, she, of course, will be back next week. But let's talk about tropes because uh, that's a, it's a fun topic that we like to discuss here on the Perfect Bound podcast. Well, Chris does. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so the only reason that started, because we were looking for subjects, mm -hmm. was because I finished watching the two seasons of Gravity Falls, which mm -hmm. is now one of my favorite shows ever wow. in the history of shows. And it did a thing I love, which mm -hmm. has happened a couple times in TV shows, where uh, you introduce a bunch of characters throughout your seasons, and then at the last uh, uh, climax seasons, when there's a big threat... You bring them all back. All your friends come and help you out. Mm -hmm. And so they did that. They brought back every single weird random character. And this is a show about a bunch of kids that are lost, in the, uh, or not lost, but they, uh, their uh, a great uncle runs a tourist trap in the middle of Oregon, and there's weird monsters in the forest. See, I... I don't know how I've missed this show because it sounds like everything I would love. I think you'd love it. It sounds familiar, but I've never seen it. Yeah, it's got some great I mean, voice. Like the title sounds familiar. Yeah, it's got some great voice talents. Like there's a monster in the forest called Multi Bear, which is literally like five bears smushed into ones, <laughs> and he's voiced by Alfred Molina. Molina. Is this a cartoon? Yeah, it's a Disney cartoon. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, Multi Bear. Was it Multi -bear. On Disney <laughs> Channel? Maybe that's why yeah. It's a five. Disney Channel XD or whatever they call it. So uh, I'm sure it'll be on Disney Plus. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I bought the. Uh, the two season box set just because I, I had some like Christmas money left over. I'm like, let's get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so at the end they bring back everybody, even Multi Bear, and they save the day. And I was like, oh yeah, they did that in like the Gargoyles cartoon because they had characters go around the world Love and they yeah, and they met like weird characters. Like they met, uh, they went to like Avalon and they met like people mm -hmm. from Arthurian legend. And then so they all came back to help them with the final end. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that's got to be a trope. And I still don't know what the name of that trope is. But if you go, there's a congregation a, of friends. There we go. That's a friendregation. Friendregation. Well, it often <laughs> happened in Shakespearean comedies sure. yeah. where at the end of the comedies, there's often a wedding. There's an unmasking. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and all of the cast is right. present on stage. But there's an unmasking. But those that um, have the people killed. who are cross dressing revert to their right. their correct gender roles. And and I I know there's a name for it. 
I just can't remember. So if I you know failed, the name, I failed my graduate my, my graduate education. If you know the name, email us at yeah, podcast at gmail.com. There's a website that's tvtropes.com or something, and they have a big blue button, and you hit it, you get a random trope. So keep hitting it until we find the one we need. So we were yeah, playing it without. <laughs> Ooh, Rain of Blood. Rain of Blood Whoa. is a version of a gory discretion shot because the body itself is usually not seen. Okay. It looks more like a video game trope than a, uh, Probably. a, a mm. TV trope, even though it is tvtropes.org. Well, that's the cool thing. They give you examples from every medium you could think of. Okay, um, right. So, yeah, it's it's kind of nice. So, yeah, I was wondering, we were trying to figure out subjects for Stumblebound, like what kind of tropes do we like and what do we not like? I can give you an example of Reign of Blood. In um, the remake of Evil Dead, uh-huh. there is a, a literal Reign of Blood and a red... That they like set the record for the most amount of fake blood on a film set, and if you watch this movie, this is the one that has no sense of humor, right? This correct. Is the, yeah. This is the one that thinks it's a re- an actual horror movie that missed the point of the pre the, the previous films. Correct. Yeah, it's you know. <laughs> The thing is, it's a decent horror movie. No, it's not right? bad at all. It's, it's, it's like, but, but don't the, call it Evil Dead. The problem, <laughs> the problem with a lot of movies is the title. Like, yeah. World War Z, a fine zombie movie. It is not World War Z. Right. So, Evil Dead, fine horror movie, but don't call it Evil Dead. Right. Well, yeah. that's mm. a toughie because... That should be a trope, too, where the title ruins the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it probably is. Yeah. I don't okay. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to nitpick with you because I don't think that there's anything wrong with the title Evil Dead. Is that Sam Raimi established that because in the first one, it's really hard to tell if we're supposed to be finding it silly because it is so grotesque. The original, the original right? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's so grotesque. Well, mm. my stance is that Sam Raimi and Ted Raimi yes. and all the Raimis and Bruce Campbell wanted to make an earnest horror movie. Right. I believe you. Yes, I'm for Evil so Dead. Far. And <laughs> when they got to Evil Dead Two, they realized, no, screw it. We want to make a comedy, mm-hmm. right. and so I don't like they they and they started reversing course and 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 going towards more comedy. And then we get to Army of Darkness, and right. where it's just a flat out slapstick, and you know, Three Musketeers, and yeah. Ash versus Evil Dead is one of my favorite TV yeah. shows. Um, but I I don't want to put the original Evil Dead mm-hmm. and the remake in the same category. Really? Because the first Evil Dead is, I think context has a lot to do with it because uh-huh. these were like late teenagers, early 20-somethings, earnestly wanting to make a film with no money at yep. all. Right. And they succeeded. And the remake of Evil Dead is a studio yeah. making... A horror movie with a lot of money behind it. And really? banking was on it? a franchise name. I, I yeah. thought it was banking still, on a franchise name. I thought it was oh, okay, because uh, the the original Evil Dead became a, a cult film and and uh, and home video um, blockbuster success. Pardon the pun. Um, really? Do you think that's what happened? Yeah. No. The the, the what? Well, <laughs> hello, fourth beer. Because hello. They really branded. I mean, because Evil Dead. Is it Evil Dead Two? Is the second one essentially the remake? <laughs> Evil yeah. Dead Two is the second one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But no, I mean, but it's essentially a remake of the first one. <laughs> yes. But yes. they brand kind of. They, but they brand. It's just the same plot. They go to the cabin, friends. There's no recognition yeah. of the original story. There is a way. It, there is a way to connect the two movies and make it one long okay. movie. Right. It's chapter one point five. But yeah, my point like being that. that they establish a brand of of slapstick horror. 
yeah. that becomes how they tell those stories about Ash going forward. Yeah. And that that type of slapstick horror, um, uber uh, mock violence becomes Sam Raimi's stock and trade in a lot of films too. If you if if you look at the original Evil Dead, um, there's not a lot of blood. There's no. a lot of there's a lot no. of white pus, for lack of a yeah. better word. Yeah, yeah. But so um, I don't know how. For me, that just says a lot in terms of making the two Evil Deads separate, okay. like different different That's, types of movies. Well, here's a question for you: Have you ever seen um, Drag Me to Hell? I yeah. have not. Yeah. Chris has. You've never seen Drag Me to Hell? I saw. It. I yeah. own a copy of it. Why haven't you, we watched you, it? Because that's an interesting <laughs> film to watch. Because after he made the Spider-Man movies, yeah. he comes back to do, and there are oh, it's these, a Raimi movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a Raimi movie. It's his first horror movie after the, doing the Spider-Mans. Yep, and um, big budget, known actors, and there are these weird moments of slapstick comedy and humor <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and physical yeah. humor that are like sometimes come out of left field, sometimes make sense, but it's like it, it harkens back to. The Evil Dead movies. Yeah. I am really surprised, I, dude. You have never seen that movie. I, uh, I am too. <laughs> that one, no, that one could snuck under a whole bunch of uh, radars. I I saw it in the theater. And I'm like, this is fascinating. I got to get my own copy. Yeah. So here's another <laughs> reason why, and I don't know, I've forgotten why we're we're arguing about the two Evil Dead movies. We're not arguing, but um, we're not arguing. <laughs> we're, we are two arguing. No, so we're clarifying. Yeah, the first okay. Evil Dead was made. It was an earnest horror movie. Totally, but they but. They couldn't help but put that sort of Three Stooges slapstickiness in it. Sure. Why do you say that? Because I read Bruce Campbell's autobiography. <laughs> oh, and I have not. Okay, so fair enough. Uh, if Chins Could Kill. Yes. So they, they're, they're very much in a Three Stooges mindset. So that sort of humor seeps itself in uh, 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 seeps into the, the storytelling. So if you look, it is a very much... You know, you you can you can, if you look for it, you can find it, kind of thing. Right. Tree rapes scene aside. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, for the the remake of Evil Dead, they wanted to, I think, jumpstart a new franchise okay. that is very much in the vein of a blood and guts horror, like torture movie, torture film, like Grindhouse. I uh, torture porn. I call it like the Lionsgate method. If you look at like all the Lionsgate films that mm -hmm. feature like Saw and mm -hmm. and they're just a lot of like tortury, murdery serial killer movies. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it. Tor uh, I take that back. I don't know if I'd call it torture porn because that's a very the, distinct it's, genre. But it was very over the top. But it's very, very over the top. Very just blood and gory and no redeemable qualities. The first yeah. Evil Dead movie, I think, still has some redeemable qualities. Yeah. There's a lot of his, um, he's experimenting with his directing. Yeah. He and gets he's some... also like 21, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come and on. And then comes Army of Darkness, and where do you stand in Army of Darkness? <laughs> I could watch Army of Darkness over and over and over. I love that movie. One of the things I love the most about his Spider-Man movies is uh -huh. when you get to the second one, he has the scene where Dr. Octopus wakes up in the surgery room mm -hmm. and it turns into Evil Dead. Because it, the arms are going The arms are going crazy, crazy. and you have them murdering people <laughs> in weird ways and you have they're, like they're them... Functioning, they're functioning independently. Yeah, yeah. and you have them... Yeah. Like, the the yeah. camera changes and it turns into that horror movie so it's like he just went like, Raimi! Yeah. He just went full Raimi. Yeah. So, and, yeah. Full Raimi. How do we connect this to tropes though? What trope oh, are we talking right. about? Oh. Uh, 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 
Oh, Rain of Blood. Rain of Blood. Yes. Nice. Okay, fine. That was your fault. We should play this, like, you know, we should play this dueling tropes thing more often. There was, there was, ah, there was another trope I had in mind, but we went so far down that rabbit hole. We said Chekhov's gun. Yeah, there was Chekhov's gun. Yeah. I'm just hitting the random button until I find something. The snack is more interesting. The snack is more interesting. So there's a picture of Chris Pine from one of the Star Trek movies, and the description is a character enters what should be a serious situation for them and yet seems completely bored with the events. Oh, so this is a clip from when he was doing the what maneuver from Star Trek? The Kobarabu. The, the Kobayashi. Kobayashi Maru. Oh, Kobayashi Maru. Okay. Uh, Kobayashi that, Maru. That's, that Kobe, that's the, that's the no-win scenario. That's yeah. not a maneuver. I'm sorry. The Kobayashi maneuver is I, something else entirely. Manu- totally else entirely. Maneuver. Oh, my Maru. God, Ben. Anyway, oh my God. so in the in the um, <laughs> reboot of the Star Trek franchise, yes. right. Chris Pine as Captain Kirk, or at this point, like, you know, Cadet Kirk, yeah. is undergoing the Kobayashi Maru training yes. simulator. Yeah. And... Stuff's going down, but then he just starts casually eating an apple. Right, and so right. this trope is called the snack is yeah, more right. interesting. Sort of giving you like the well, cowboy blase nature of the right, movie. It's undercutting. Right. It, it's an undercut of the, the, the tension of the moment. Of the threat, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. The, the, the protagonist is taking charge of the scene by undercutting it. Yeah. So can you guys think it's of like, it's like who was the one who was filing her nails during the? Oh yeah. yeah oh yeah. yeah. There was there was a CNN commentator was... who was filing her nails while some uh, conservative was talking, talking about, about the world. Wall. Yeah. Can it's you like guys that. think of a? And you don't have to name the trope by name, but like a certain regular thing in fiction that you just hate, like a trope that you hate. That just keeps happening. So, so the coming what I'm back from the dead. Well, there's that. Yeah. See, I was thinking Sick along people coming back from the dead. Hmm. Yeah, I was thinking along the lines of monster of the week. Um, and it's it's really? the yeah I hate the monster of the week <laughs> really unless you get inventive with it. So so yeah. I tried watching the the show Supernatural, and I wanted to really like it because I know it starts developing some character stuff over time. Yeah, but it was so deep in the monster of the week in the first season it was like here's the fire bu- they're bug not demon. even an interesting monster. Here's the ice demon. Yes. Here's the bug demon. And it's like I saw all this on the X Files. I've seen this in every show. So that's that's my hatred of of a certain type of trope. Ooh, so I, so I um just uh, um <laughs> typed uh, found out how tvtropes.org does their URLs and found monster of the week without having to look for it. Nice. So episodes where the characters fight a villain and the whole story is wrapped up at the end never to be dealt with again. Now, I had never heard that I I, I want to argue that the phrase the term monster of the week came from X-Files. Because they would have because the seasons were broken up into Monster of the Week and then back to the conspiracy theory yeah, uh, sure. subplots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was far more fascinated with the Monster of the Week because, um, except for the Tombs, there's two Tombs episodes. Uh, there's Squeeze and Tombs. I was a big X Files fan, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, can't blame you. Tombs was the, the 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 killer that could crawl into any um, oh, yeah. tiny space yeah, and yeah. would hibernate for. Uh, He'd make the weird paper mache eggs or something. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was a monster of the week that came back, but like the fluke man who lived in the porta potties, and and, you know, uh, I I loved I loved all those monsters because they're they're. Would you call them a bottle episode? Well, no, bottle episodes is more to do with location and budget. Um, All right, but um, I first heard of the monster, the phrase "monster of the week" 
um, connected to the Buffy TV series. Sure. Interesting. And they do have some. Well, they were, but they like now that I think about it, like Scooby-Doo is Monster of the Week. It is. You know? It's one of those things of, I think Monster of the Week can be okay as long as you can be inventive with what the monster is. Okay. It's it's when you get into the archetypes of monsters, where it's like, it's a fire guy again, it's an ice guy again, it's a whatever guy again. And uh, X-Files, it was more inventive. You had Fluke Man, you know? Yep. But uh, with, with Supernatural, it was just like, I've seen all of these before. Um, Gravity Falls has a Monster of the Week, literally, but they all undercut it. They all, they all did something different i mean you had multi-bear so you know you got something different <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to tap the brakes and, and back up a bit here um, okay. uh monster of the week so and i just lost my thread i'm terribly oh, sorry okay That's so okay. while you think of that i'm gonna uh uh, 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 uh <laughs> wow we are all in trouble here four yeah. beers in. Uh, i've only had myself. three anyway so um i'm while you think of what you're gonna say i'm just gonna read a little bit of what tvtrops.org has to say here about the term monster of the week excellent it was a play on the movie of the week um oh. which was originally coined by the writing staff of the outer limits from 1963 which sought to distinguish itself from its biggest competitor, Twilight The Twilight Zone, Zone yeah. by promising viewers a new monster every episode. And uh, out of its 49 episodes, only around eight twisted or outright eschewed the formula. So the term monster of the week damn, has been around for quite some really time. Cool. So Supernatural. I got it. Let's. Okay. So <laughs> Supernatural ran for like, what, 27 seasons? It's still going. And but this is gonna isn't this the isn't I think like we're a, at like the, season sixteen now or something. But this is gonna be the I think it's official. This is gonna be the last one. Maybe unless you throw in Scooby Doo meets Supernatural, which happened today. Scooby meets <laughs> Supernatural. And <Yep>. okay, <laughs> dear Chris, yes. how many episodes? How many seasons of Supernatural have you watched? Oh, I made it through two ep three episodes. <laughs> Dude, oh seriously? Because once we got to I like the airplane, listening to people praise this show, and this has been on for. How many years? Well, not as long as The Simpsons, but you know, it's been a, it's been, well. You it's got going for a while. I have no, I have no um, idea. No, yeah. No, so here's the thing: like, I actually kind of like the actors. I like the yeah. setup. Their yeah. father is uh, the comedian from Watchmen. I like him. It's a Powers Booth. I can't remember. I forget his name. Yeah, I think it's Powers, Powers Booth. Died no, Powers Booth is dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, this right. is this is uh, yeah. I forget his name, but it's just I couldn't be interested in in the monster they were fighting every week. I was just like, just follow that your main plot. Simple. I watched um, at the behest of someone I think I may have been dating uh, up to the second season, and I could not do it anymore. Mm. So it was so formulaic. It was so frustrating to watch. Their father is Negan. Oh, uh, oh Jeffrey Dean Morgan? That guy. Yeah. So okay. the, uh, the TV series has been on since 2005, so yeah. it's entering its 14th season. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's quite the run. I had no idea. I can't believe that the actors are not burnt out by this point because it's a paycheck, same. man. Yeah, it's true, <laughs> man. If you well, find that gravy train, well, what I, I what I felt very strongly is like that they these two uh, the, the 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 drawing point of uh, the point of fascination was young women really love the show because has these two exceptionally good looking um, protagonists and it was very clear to me it's like this is not a show for me <laughs> this is not 
it's, Jim Beaver's in. He was in one of my favorite TV shows, Deadwood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's some really great actors. Felicia Day's in there a whole bunch. Yeah, um, Curtis Armstrong. Like, I kind of want to keep Dude, try the show's it again been on for like 15 years. Yeah, and yeah everybody's yeah. been on. It. <laughs> everybody's <laughs> on. It's the Law and Order of the Supernatural TV show. And I asked um, coworker Leanne. She she loves the show. I asked her like, Have they done a thing where every single person shows up at the end? And she's like, Well, it's not ended. I'm like, Oh, yeah. okay. We gotta. I mean, you're right. That is that is a thing. And I and I wonder if someone has actually coined a term for it. Yeah. Dear listeners, let <laughs> you us know. Find the thing. Podcast at gmail.com. It's right. like my favorite thing. All right. So do we have any... Let's let's do one more trope and then let's wrap this up. Okay. okay. Um, and I'm hitting the, I'm hitting the, hitting the button, button, but the, nothing's happening. Uh-oh. And we're at... Oh. Did we go through all the tropes? In of no there's, return. There's so many... Let's not talk about... Uh, okay. Uh, let's just find one that's... that's <laughs> find a good one. Let's find a good one. Ooh, there's Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> How's Roger Rabbit a trope? Uh, it, uh, we've gone past that. We're going too fast. <laughs> we're going too fast. Well, it, there's a bit, uh, there's a bit of a delay on my uh, laptop because it's a slow, uh, old, old MacBook Pro. Are you not tapping into the troposphere? <laughs> Alone uh. in a crowd. <laughs> Something has happened to the hero. A shocking revelation. New information brought to light, revealing their bre- their their best friend I'm going to do a lot of editing on this episode <laughs> revealing okay. their best friend is a traitor or that nothing they did changed anything or maybe they can finally see the world the way it is or perhaps it's something even simpler perhaps they just simply lose their idealism and plunge into contem- into a contemplation of existential meaninglessness Anyway, huh. um, wow, that was a mouthful. That's a deep one. <laughs> I can uh, I uh, I can think of an example, and this is in the movie The Matrix when Morpheus mm. brings Neo into the Matrix for the first time, and he sees the woman in the red dress. Ah, uh, yeah, mm. and everything stops around him. Ratatouille. <laughs> There's a beat in Ratatouille where um, where the chef hands the uh, the food critic. Uh, I think he gives him. The, the, the ratatouille souffle or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of this Hitchcock shot and that he takes a bite and it sparks all these, you see all these, a visualization of all these sensations of what he's experiencing. Childhood memories, blah, 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 all rushing through his head and then it comes back to the moment. Mm. Is that mm. it? That's close to no. that. Also, right. I'm not going to say no. Okay. We'll allow it. We'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll allow it. We'll allow it. And I'm going to cheat because I'm looking up, because they give examples on TV Tropesodorg, and I'm yes. looking up an episode that I know from Doctor Who, is from the season one, I think it's actually episode two, when the Doctor takes, or maybe episode three, because the first two might have been a two-parter, where the Doctor takes Rose uh, Tyler to view the end of Earth. Right. And they view the end of the world, and at the very end, he takes her back home. And so she and the doctor are standing in the middle of a bustling London, and she's looking around, and she's got this new perspective. Mm -hmm. And she's got, she knows that, you know, in whatever, like two, three thousand years. like in Ratatouille. You know, exactly. (laughs) Like in Ratatouille. So you've uh, you've been working through Doctor Who for a little bit now. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the second to last season of Capaldi right okay. now. So who's your favorite uh, companion so far? Oh my goodness, that's such a hard question. It is, yes. Donna <laughs> Noble, I think, has been my favorite companion. Uh, uh, David Tennant and yeah. uh, Catherine. 
something or other. Yeah. But the yeah, the tenth Doctor and Donna no, and Donna Noble because she yeah. she just has the most quotable lines. She has the quotable uh, lines, yeah. but she also yeah. like they have a friendship that has no romance, which I kind of love. Yeah. But also she sometimes actively hates him. Yep. <laughs> she has one of oh this is a trope. Uh, she has one of like the saddest. Uh, uh, um, fates, which is like she doesn't die, but the person who grew with him and learned technically dies, right? Because he takes away the memories, yes. And like, I just saw that in like two other shows, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's a regular thing where yeah. like you can't kill the main character, but you can kill who they developed to become, who they became, yeah, yeah. It's like that's a I hard forgot thing. about that. Maybe that's why I don't care for the character because. I resented that that turn because so many <laughs> friends of mine are fascinated with her and I just did not I loved Rose but I loved the chemistry between Rose and the right. doctor that and last I, I mean that last meeting between David Tennant and Rose Tyler yeah. like well and was Bill I, heartbreaking. I, I and, and I I just adore Billy Piper I think she's one of the most beautiful people <laughs> on the screen I mean all of the all of the uh, the companions for the tenth Doctor are just great because ultimately David Tennant yells their name, <laughs> so it's like <laughs> yeah. Rose, yeah. Martha, Donna, and so you can just hear him yelling their names. Donna's father is one of my favorite. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 for the, yeah. for that short little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. He so. had like a Christmas special all to himself. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> Anyway, there we go. <laughs> there we go. And uh, I can't remember if this is a. Oh, okay. So this is a part two. So uh, yeah. So that's Stumblebound for this for this episode. Uh, tune in next week. We're gonna have some more fresh content for you. Uh, and thanks for listening.